You're listening to episode number 216 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show financially when you shop at Amazon and Caesars Entertainment. Simply go to the blog, click on the corresponding banner, and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. Or you can just give us money by donating via PayPal. A link to that is also available at 360vegaspodcast.com. Warning. The hosts enjoy doing the show, and as a result, laugh a lot. If you don't like that, don't listen. We don't care. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The pools, the casino, big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? On a camel. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. Is it your Batman voice? <laughs> oh, you know, I, I I I just kept thinking about the beginning. You till went as deep and as low on that as you possibly I, could. I know. I specifically had a show in mind that I was trying to emulate, and I can't I can't recall it now. Probably uh, uh, intervention. So it was something like that, or something like oh, you know, it, you, what you're about to see is very disturbing and graphic. Viewer discretion yeah, is advised. Kind of, kind of was what I was going for. <laughs> Asgard's hip. It's broke, bitches. What? No, that's insanely good news. This is actually good news. Oh, oh, okay, okay, yay! So, no, trust me, it took us a minute to wrap our head around it, too. So, when I was out of town last week, did you guys talk about this in the show? I I, I did listen to last week's show, but I don't think you guys talked about this. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. So, we had noticed a week or so before that one of his his back toenails was really worn down. Well, of course week before last when I'm out of town he splits it open and it's bleeding all over the place so Mark takes him into the vet and they're freaking out they don't know you know he's obviously we've talked about he's got hip dysplasia but they're like it's getting worse he's losing muscle tone you know he's not moving it there could be nerve damage we're not sure what's going on so spinal they, injury they're like yeah. that'd be a that'd be a great thing if it was a spinal injury we could fix that like what fingers crossed um, spinal injury so I ended up taking him to the specialist on Thursday, and they they did another round of X-rays, and basically what they found is that the the ball that's in his hip joint, you know, what comes off the femur, has a fracture in it. It's a couple months old, and it's already building up scar healing, tissue, but it's not correctly. Yeah, calci- calcifying, and so the bone doesn't fit in the joint correctly, and it's basically causing bone on bone. To rub, which is what Which hurts, anybody which who's ever why... hurt a, uh, a like a knee, a fucking elbow, a shoulder, a hip point, like any of those things, like when I tore my rotator cuff, that feels like a bolt of fucking lightning when that shit happens. Yeah. So it actually, it, if he hadn't had the injury, so the injury is a couple months old, so we're not 100% sure what he did or when he did it. The doctor said that it could be as simple as he was running through the backyard and stepped in a hole wrong or something and, you know, it, it can break that way. 
but if he hadn't if he hadn't broken that bone, we wouldn't have figured out that he has hip dysplasia. He does still have it. It's yeah, but they very, said it's, very early. Yeah, yeah, it's not well, nearly as bad as we thought. It's all this it's broken hip. It's all the broken hip. So the solution will be Mr. Asgard is going to have a total hip replacement. <laughs> 19 months old. <laughs> yeah, he's about, 20, he's about 20 months yeah. now. He's, yeah, but, but like the, the percentage of recovery is like 95%. He's just going to have to chill out for a good eight weeks after this. Um, Which is going to be hard to keep him. He's going to be sedated. Even the, yeah, even the vet's like, there's the no vet. way you're going to keep that giant 20 month. Because he had a, long story short, he had a he had another injury before. And well, we had to keep a cone on his head. Yeah, he didn't like it. They're like, we got we to gotta draw. He's, he's a puppy, and he's a big, rambunctious one. So they're like, yeah, there's no way you're going to be able to get this guy to just relax for eight fucking weeks. This 20-month-year-old, 100-pound puppy. 20-month-year-old? 20 whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, let's, let's just make him sleepy for a while. <laughs> so we're still trying to figure out. We're hoping week after next is when we can actually have the surgery. Um, they've got to do some blood tests because there's risks with any of this kind of stuff but yeah we're hoping in in um, two weeks we'll be able to get him in for surgery and then it'll be eight months of trying to keep him settled down and sedate which actually i'll be home i've got a ton of vacation scheduled it's still it's so, still just it's great news i mean we we were like i, I actually melted down in the vet's office because i'm like I don't fucking know how to fix this. I know how to be, you know, the stern parent. I know how to not, you know, know these are the rules. I don't care if you like it or not. You know, this is what's best for you. I know how to do all those things. I know how to, you know, exercise and be, you know, regimented. I can do all those things. But it's like, it seemed like every time we took one step forward, we got literally knocked on our ass with something horrible was about to happen. And, and like, he had just started rehabbing with me to build up his strength. And boom, and, you know, this whole thing. Happened. Like, what the fuck is going on? What's funny right now is since he, uh, you know, split the toenail open now, we have to put a little booty on his foot. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about the booty. <laughs> when we take him out. And he didn't like it at first. It was funny. Mark sent me a picture. And it's just on the, the back right foot because that's the one that he broke. So that's the one that he doesn't like to pick up and use as much. Which is the hip that's broke, which is why that happened. Oh, yeah, that's why I said that's the oh, one he broke. Sorry. So you don't listen to me either. But anyway, so, so Mark sent me a picture the first day. And, and Asgard just has this look on his face like, what and the like, fuck is that? He just kind of glaring like, <laughs> fucking seriously, man? Seriously? Kind of like when you put clothes on a cat. The cat's like, fuck. What are you saying? Come on. But the yeah. funny, the funny thing is, Tony, is it makes him actually pick his back foot up more than he was before. Yeah. So it's actually helping. I mean, it's protecting it, so he's not dragging it, causing you know the toenail to split again. But he's actually picking his foot up more when he wears it, so it's kind of. Funny. He's kind of gotten the hang of it. He doesn't really. Yeah. Doesn't really bother him anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. he still doesn't like it when you go to put it on him. But yeah. after that, he's fine. So. But there's the update. I know most people didn't didn't know that, but. Um, you know, we try to share with you. Uh, well, we were kind of devastated when yeah. they said send him to the specialist because we're like, what the hell is going to happen? I mean, we didn't know what was going to, you know, what was going on. And the the outlook the outlook was, well, enjoy him for the next two three years tops. You know, it, it, and that's if you're fortunate, if you're insanely fortunate. And this thing, they're like, oh yeah, he's going to be fine. He'll li he'll live a long, healthy life after this. We're like, fucking yes. Uh, so no, I couldn't be more excited for you guys having gone through it. Not. To this extent, um, I, I've already, I think I shared with you guys off mic, but Cooper had torn his ACL. And so, yeah. you know, the same sort of thing of what, but, uh, but the huge difference here is your dog is 20 months, whereas our dog is 12 years, I think. Right. And so, yeah. but still but for, still, for the doctor to say, you can have this surgery and 
he's going to recuperate perfectly yeah. um, is such fantastic news because you're right, you don't know, you know, your biggest fear going into it is this kind of like the beginning of the end what, situation. Yeah, yeah, especially the extremity we were dealing with is like two years if you're lucky. And now you're like, nope, full life. Like, yep. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yes. this really is the best thing that could happen right now. And the fact that. Like I said, if he hadn't broken it, we wouldn't have discovered that he's got the early hip dysplasia, which we can now treat from so early on that it probably won't be an issue. Yeah. Uh, you know? That's so cool. Yeah, I know. Well, good. Very hey. cool, guys. That's hey. very exciting news. I couldn't be happier to hear that. But that being said, let's start the show. He's Mark. She's Karen. I'm Tony. And as always, we start with Random Vegas. All right. Last week, I complained about the size of the new park theater at Monte Carlo, seating 5,300 while I knew I was correct that it was the largest of the small venues in the city, I was off on the size of the venues I used to compare. For the record, Access Theater has a max capacity of 4,600. The Coliseum, which is, I thought, the most surprising, is 4,298. I thought for sure there's no huh. way that, that thing topped 3,000, but I was wrong. Uh, but I did oversell Encore, and that only seats 1,500. So think about the venue you saw, Garth, in there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing because 1,500 seats is still a lot of seats. Yeah, and so it's hard for me to wrap my head around um, because of the, of these that we've just listed. I've been in the Coliseum and I've been in the Encore uh, theaters, and so it's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around that the Coliseum is four times, right? Excuse me, three, three times, times the yeah. size of encore so uh but it's i mean still five fifty three hundred seats that's that's a good number of seats yeah and i and i mean being that i've been in access and coliseum i i'm less concerned uh, I, I will i will recant my entire uh wow. negative outlook on it because if if the coliseum i thought was a phenomenal venue and the fact that it has almost five thousand seats like or, well, 4,500 seats. Uh, like, okay. Uh, so I get how the technology could totally work. Never mind. I, I, I stand corrected. I love a man who can admit he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine. In that case, we're going to move on quickly. <laughs> Before I fuck it up. <laughs> Tell me about this week's Twit Pick of the Week. Sunrises and sunsets can suck it. Nothing, and I mean nothing, is more magical, and dare I say romantic, than seeing the reflection of neon signage in water. A sight that can even challenge Richard Dawkins on the concept of paradise. This environmental phenomenon in the desert offers one the rare opportunity to make out with Vegas signage without actually violating private property. Thank you at Vital Vegas for making the hardest decision regarding Twit Pick of the Week, be deciding which of your pictures should win. We choose mermaids, so we now have pictures of her at night and day. I understand why those it's super cool. And it's, if anything, it is, it merely is heartbreaking or excuse me, let me try that again. It, it is, it, it merely reminds you how heartbreaking it is that Vegas is moving away from its neon. Right. At least it's still being embraced downtown because this picture is just gorgeous. And it, it, it to me encapsulates everything that downtown Las Vegas is all about. Absolutely. Thankfully, they're continuing to embrace that. And what I'm looking forward to is of all the great things that, that Derek's doing downtown, the Stevens Group's doing downtown with uh, whatever becomes of the Las Vegas Club, I hope he continues. And I, I, to be fair, I'm pretty sure he's going to, knowing well, him. Well, he did it with the D. Going to continue to embrace neon. Well, but the D signage isn't neon. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a gorgeous LED. Well, okay. But that'll still reflect off the 
the street when yeah. it's wet like that. Yeah, basically, what he it's did. It's bright and shiny. He's able. He's been. Able, well, I'm not going to defend this man. He's done well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't criticizing him. All right. Well, then uh, I guess we'll <laughs> we'll link that photo to our blog and feature it on all of our social media outlets like Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Google Plus, and Twitter. Let's move into the news. So, speaking of our boy Derek, the Stevens Group has expanded yet again. Continuing to acquire and reshape, reshape? I don't think that's a word. <laughs> that's right, we are going to reshape. Yeah. <laughs> reshape Fremont Street. Vital Vegas announced that the Stevens Group acquired yet another parcel in the downtown corridor. This time, they purchased the land in between Plaza and Main Street Station across from the Las Vegas Club on South Main Street from Boyd Gaming for $7.5 million. Currently, the space is home to a parking lot with two vintage train cars located at the front of the parcel. No word exactly what the Stevens Group has planned for this space, but it's safe to assume that it's going to have something to do with whatever they do with the Las Vegas Club. In fact, they still have very little details regarding their plans, largely because they are still being determined. But here is what we know. It will have a new name. It's currently being referred to as 18 Fremont, which is just the resort's address. The name Grandissimo has been confirmed as a real possibility. However, Derek has acknowledged that that's really just because they haven't come up with anything better. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Grandissimo is the name of the property Caesar's Palace creator Jay Sarno had planned to build in Vegas, but was never actually able to get the funding to do so. so. And I don't know why the name would still be available, but... Yeah, and quite honestly, the name for what it's going to be oh no he's going high end with it don't forget that i know but when when i hear grandissimo i think of a gigantic massive building structure. i would agree with you it needs to be a mega resort i completely agree yeah. with you yeah i mean high end is one thing i just i don't see grandissimo fitting on downtown Vegas. but we would never challenge anything the stevens group does <laughs> without exception they've done nothing but good shit they've, so they've done nothing but good i just I kind of hope they don't go that route. I hope they, they this, do something This coming else. from the guy that... I hated the D, I know. Couldn't fucking rail against that name enough. I know. So, whatever. We know that the project will cost in excess of $100 million to build, and plans are to cater and compete directly with Golden Nugget. We understand is that one of the hotel towers will be imploded, while the other is expected to have floors added to it. With the purchase of Glitter Gulch and Mermaids, it is also believed that the property will be expanded all the way down to First Street, making this new project an entire city block on Fremont. With those of you savvy in Fremont real estate, there's actually two gift shops located in one building in between Glitter Gulch and Mermaids known as G&G Gifts. This could have been a problem for this block-long concept, but fear not. While it didn't receive a whole lot of press, the Stevens Group was able to purchase that land, specifically 0.08 acres as well, for $13.5 million. Unbelievable. <laughs> On a side note, the RJ confirmed that, as previously reported by our friend Vital Vegas almost a year ago, Bonanza, the world's largest gift shop, was sold. It sold for $50 million to the same people who just sold their gift shop on Fremont Street to the Stevens Group. The new owners have no interest in doing anything but running operations as is right now. Now, currently, the Stevens Group has hired five architects to design various plans for whatever that new resort becomes. But unlike many projects, the Stevens Group has paid each firm for the work 
that they're doing, which means they can pick their favorite parts from all of these and put them together in, in whatever it is they've decided to do. Regardless of all this interesting and exciting information, the resort isn't expected to open until 2019 at the earliest. Karen, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Would you, and this is based on a couple comment, a comment you made a couple minutes ago, would you think that Golden Nugget could be deemed Grandissimo? No. Or does it still not encompass a large enough footprint? I don't. I don't think it encompasses a large enough footprint. I mean, I think you need something. It's got to be more than just tall. It's got to. It's got to be like, like you know, think about the Mirage, Mandalay Bay. Like it's just a fucking Caesar's Palace. Just takes up huge amounts of like it's supposed to grandissimo. It's like beyond any the largest you can imagine. I mean, at least that's what the name calls to me. But if you think about something that would be relatively new on the strip, if Fontainebleau was able to be completed, that I think would have been more deserving of the name Grandissimo than something downtown. Huh. All right. I just, All right. I just don't I'm think sh- I'm downtown. I'm sure the argument could be made that it. you know Grandissimo is the experience. That's what's what's grand about it. But. And that could be, but that's not what comes to my mind. I right, mean, no. to other people it could be, but that's not what pops into my head. Yeah. I I expect a very grand structure, something that's. Awe-inspiring. awe-inspiring and yes. impressive yeah and i don't Holy you God. could do that downtown but i think you'd kind of wreck what downtown is if you did so <laughs> like i just imagine uh italian speaking visitor just looking going grandissimo <laughs> grandissimo <laughs> <laughs> he had little puppy dog like eyes of awe in his face when he said that <laughs> awesome uh, well, I know exactly what this parcel of land is between the plaza and um, Main, Main, Street. Main Street Station. And quite frankly, for anybody who has ever stayed at Main Street Station, that area is scary as shit. It's, and the, so, it's the annoying area you have to walk to get to anything. Like, here's Main yes. Street Station. Now I got to go all the way over here to get to the plaza. It's all that in between. You're like, God damn it. Yep. Well, and at night when you're walking back, even, you know, and what I'm super excited about is the idea that he's going to, that Derek Stevens plans on building all the way back to where the California is because there used to be doors that you could get into the Vegas club from if you walked out of California across the street and boom, you're right into the next casino. But once they close down, well, as far as I know, I think the doors to the, the, the back doors to the Vegas club had been closed for quite a while. You always had to go in through the front no, doors. You're, you're right. It, it, the, the decline of the Las Vegas club was slow, painful, and yeah. amputating. It was like, yeah. let's get rid of this place. Let's cut this area off. Let's cut this off. Shut the hotel. Like, I, they literally cut her down to nothing where yeah. it was just a casino. It's a, and, and not even just a casino, just the front area of the casino before huh. they were just like, fuck yes. this. Right. Talk about a true slow and painful it death really was. for the Vegas club. <laughs> so I couldn't be more excited. This is going to be a really fantastic build out, especially if you can, if your mind's eye can picture how far out Mermaids and then Glitter Gulch goes to. I mean, there's yeah. that, that's a large uh, swath of land. I agree, so man. It could be amazing because some... Gold Nugget's actually a tiny fucking casino. It's yes, a it large is. complex. That is a tiny casino. This thing yes, could be is. massive. Yep. So is it would any... certainly be grandissimo for downtown. Oh. But Karen, you make a good point. Does that kind of change what downtown is? Yeah, that's that's an interesting argument. Yeah. 
Like, and obviously, whatever the Stevens group decides to do, they've been very successful so far, and that's fine. I just had an interesting thought with, okay, so he's buying this this land in between the plaza and Main Street Station. Would he not put a walkway between whatever he builds, th builds there and whatever it's the It's possible. Main Street and California be? have it. That's what I'm mean. sure. My guess, I'm sure. if I had to guess, I'm going to say it's a parking garage that would have a walk across. Yep. Agreed. That'd be my guess. That's a logical conclusion to make, absolutely. <laughs> well, Tony said you're logical. All right. right. That's feel, right. I feel good about if myself now. you get now. Tony's blessing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then it must be so. Just feels right now. All right. Next up, we've got the Cirque de Avatar. Yes. In 2011, James Cameron produced an IMAX 3D movie about Cirque du Soleil called Worlds Away, featuring various acts from all the Vegas productions at the time. So it comes as no surprise that Cirque is now touring a show called Turok. I'm sure I mispronounced it, but I don't really care. The First Flight, inspired by Cameron's first Avatar, or his film Avatar. The story is set thousands of years before the movie and follows the journey of two adolescent boys, or, you know, adolescent blue cats, that are, as they try to protect the tree of life from a natural disaster. It is also an interactive experience, mobile style. iTunes now has a Turek app that allows the audience to be a part of the action before, during, and after the show with things like lighting effects from your phone to interact with the performance, additional sound effects related to the show, and much, much more. Well, I don't know if you deserve the second much, but at least just much more. <laughs> Maybe just more. That's not overselling. I know. Oh, oh, not sorry, overselling. I know. I don't want people like going, this is clearly not much much. <laughs> much maybe, right. but not a second. Right. <laughs> Sadly, there isn't much that you can do with the app outside of the show except learn about what you'll be able to do when you're in the show. But then again, why would it? <laughs> Those interested only have five opportunities to see it in Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena, January 11th through the 22nd. However, before it arrives, it has planned stops in L.A., Sacramento, and Phoenix. And you may have already seen it because it is currently on tour. Tickets will run you $40. I have to say, I would totally see this thing. I highly recommend just looking at the, at the news article or whatever. They do a really great job of recreating Pandora on that stage and, and have it just, I, I think it's, it's very cool. It, it's, it's, it's a live action version of Avatar, but a completely different story. Sir, I, I think it, it sounds cool. Huh, really? And then dig around my phone like, Aah. Yeah. <laughs> because that's what we all love when we're in a dark theater is to have the asshole sitting next to us with their bright ass phone lit up <laughs> while they're, while you're trying to enjoy the show. Yeah, this sounds like a great idea. Well, you that's point it towards idea. the stage, Tony, all right? You're part of the light mm. crew. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm actually kind of surprised that you want to go see this. I had really oh, I didn't say I want to go see it. I said I would see it. Oh, because I, I don't really have much interest in this. I mean, if it were in Vegas, I would go see it is what I mean. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if it were in Vegas and it were playing while you were there, yeah, I mean, and somebody you... gave you free tickets and you happened to have been in the casino at the time when the show was about to play. <laughs> there's, I mean, obviously, there's conditions that need to be met. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't see it. Like, it could be right down the street from us. Like, oh my God, you got to see it. It's, it's, it's the best ever down here at the Orpheum. Like, that's okay. So, hold on. Just, just so I make sure I'm clear. So, James Cameron did a documentary. About Cirque. In general, yeah. So Cirque then turned around and created a show about Avatar? Yeah. Like a like a prequel story about Avatar. 
you have to imagine that it was kind of a partnership. If he was making a movie about them, and it takes them, you know, a couple of years to develop these kind of things, or at least once they were done, they're like going, you know what, we should do something with fucking Avatar. Like, I, mean, I think it's more of an I scratch your back and you scratch mine kind of thing, but, yeah. you know. And they're desperately looking for ideas because nothing seems to be working. Well, yeah, and how long has it been since the last Avatar, and he's supposedly been working on the next two or three There's or like whatever? There's four of them or something coming out. I don't know. I, I, like, to me... And not like this is. This almost like, seems to me like maybe you shouldn't have spent all your time doing this documentary about Cirque and focused on doing your fucking movies so <laughs> you can get them out before people forget about him. Or 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 before you die. Well, yeah, there's that too. I mean, he's not he's not a, an excessively old guy, but you know, every time you make kind of enough. ridiculous plans like this, like on this giant four-hour epic that I made, I'm doing four more of them in like <laughs> ten years. Like what? <laughs> That's okay. If he dies, he'll just hand it over to what's his name to mess it all up. Who's uh, it? Damn it. Lucas? No. Spielberg? Well, it's not Spielberg. He's no, a the guy that rebooted Star Trek and then Star Wars. Oh, J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Which, in all fairness, he did a great job with Star Trek. No, Star Wars, not so much. Have you been but. watching South Park? Tony, do you still watch South Park? I don't. I cannot recommend this season. It may be the best season they've ever done. It is amazing. You know what it's kind of like when Netflix puts out like an entire season worth of stuff? That's what yeah. this feels like. This is clearly part of a large narrative that they are telling in cliffhangers. It is so, so good. Yeah, so if you haven't known, I think last season, was it the first season they actually had like a consistent story? Yeah, it was, it was another of, one that was... Instead of random... You know, just random episodes about whatever's current. They had like a story arc that went through the whole season, and they did the same thing again this year. But even better, I don't know well, how they did it. Well, and it's tied into it's the tied election. Into everything. It's, Kaepernick shit, J.J. Abrams, and that shitty Star Wars movie. The election. It's it's all <laughs> fucking brilliant how they're pulling huh. it all together. It's so good. Oh, it it even has a um, Caitlyn Jenner in it. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually it's really funny. Yeah. But yeah, if you're gonna start watching them again. The last season or this season, it's really kind of funny. Yeah. All right, all right. You know what? That's that is a, uh, a, a an endorsement enough for me. I will. I'll start DVRing it. <laughs> there you go. All right. So we've got the Vegas pioneering driverless technology update. Okay, it was reported this week that Las Vegas will be one of the first cities in the U.S. to roll out self-driving vehicles. It's estimated they will be sold to the general public in about five years. And the majority of passengerless transportation will be out there by 2016, or uh, 2026, sorry. Planners are looking into moving away from concrete and pavement for roads in favor of wireless sensors that can communicate with the vehicles, inform them of traffic patterns, and even how fast they need to go to catch the light before it changes. It sounds we like a bad idea. Now. It's called the yellow light. I know, right? <laughs> Frankly, I wish there were two of them so I'd have a second chance at getting through it. <laughs> or no, no. Or it starts flashing. You know how when you're crossing the crosswalk? Yeah. Like, like it tells you, and it starts flashing like, I'm not fucking around. You better hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> now, all of these are in an attempt to handle transportation as efficiently as possible and reduce the need to continue expansion to accommodate growing needs. Which, no offense doesn't make any sense to me. Why is that? Because you still have the same number of people or however many millions of people visit Vegas and especially go on the strip and stuff. They're still going to need to get around. It's not like you're all of a sudden going to be loading them into more, you know, deuces or something to get them around. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate... And replacing roads and pavement with sensors? Where the fuck are you going to put the sensors? You're still going to need the roads to put them in. Yeah, I... Uh, I so glad you brought this up. This, uh, <laughs> I can totally agree with you. As I was reading this, I'm like, okay, so let's say you replace 
all cars with these electric ones. They still have tires and drive on the fucking road. I'm pretty sure you're still right? going to need concrete and pavement. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's it's interesting. I think we're still a long way away from this. It seems like, oh, I mean, think about with all, any of this driverless technology. Like, they just had that one accident, like, not long ago. And they're like, oh, do we need to rethink everything? Like, no, NASA, relax. What, the Tesla? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Someone pays that much for a Tesla, though. I think I'd be pissed off if it didn't work either. Oh and drove God, me off the road. Well, and I love, I love how they tried to spin it. Well, no, no, no. We never said that it's supposed to guide you. Like going, okay. When I bought the car, it was driverless, and we're like, I get. They're like, well, but we said you should still kind of be paying attention, have your hands on. Like, well, then why did I buy it? Yeah. This why, is not what I bought. Why am I paying for this? <laughs> it's almost like they're trying to sell it as. Do you remember the car rides at the amusement parks where they were on the track and right. no matter how hard you tried, you couldn't fight? For the kids, that's that's kind of what we're selling. That's really what we're selling, guys. It, it kind of reminds you me. You can of, still turn the wheels right. and go back and forth, but it's gonna keep you on the track. Right. <laughs> this kind of reminds me of that that commercial that you you like and I can't stand because that, that that commercial where they talk about everybody um uh, you you don't own me that whole thing oh well that's because oh, i love the yeah. song what pisses me off about that is it's it's all about that that sensor you know uh, in, in driving where it can it can correct your steering so if you start to you know drive over the lane and what drives me nuts is it's primarily women in this and and oh no 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 not in that one they've is, added a shitload of guys it, in the end there are guys in it it's primarily women. Well, the song was sung by a woman. So I know, why. but what bothers me is I'm like, I don't understand how women aren't up in arms. Like going, listen, listen, don't change who you are. Be horrible drivers. No. We'll fix it. See, and I take that commercial a totally different way. I take it as, because every, every time they show, and not just the women, but all the people, they've had like a shitty day or they're tired or they're worn out. Basically what the car is saying is we're going to help keep you in line when you're tired and distracted or frustrated. That's what it means to me. Not a, go ahead and be a shitty driver, we'll take care of you. It's not that at all. Everybody has those days where you are pissed off, worn out, tired, frustrated, whatever it is, and you're thinking about anything and everything except focusing except, on driving. Except driving? Yeah, yeah. It happens. Not familiar with that. Usually when I'm in a car, I'm well, like, don't hit people. Wait, don't how often people, are you in a fucking car? Don't Hold on. People. Hold on. How often are you in a fucking car? Okay, so just because recently doesn't mean that every time I get behind the wheel, in I'm not constantly going, don't hit people, don't hit people, don't hit people. See, that's the thing. As much as I'm in the car, you sort of go on autopilot, especially if you know where you're going. That's terrifying, folks. Yeah, so I'll well. be sure to let you know where, what road she's <laughs> traveling on. <laughs> hey, I'm really excited about this. Bar is coming to the Grand Bazaar. <laughs> Continuing to show signs of encouragement, it was announced this week that Bar, a.k.a. Born and Raised, a Vegas local tavern and lounge, is opening its third location and first on the Strip. Unlike their other two locations, this concept will only feature craft beer. No food, gaming, or giant TVs. Bar will be located between Wahlburgers and Starbucks, close to Bally's Casino Resort entrance, and is expected to open in early 2017. I thought that was so clever. Uh, like, that's, well, I mean, I'm probably overselling. I've ruined it now, but when it's like, oh, the bar is coming, like, there's a bar coming. Yeah, the name is the most uncreative thing I've ever heard of. What? Born and Bar. raised? Born and raised? It's in Las Vegas. They're Bar. from and raised. Born and raised LV is what it is. Which I think because, Ve Karen, I think what's clever about this is because, at least my understanding is, most Vegas folk are transient, that there are so few people that are born and raised right. in Las Vegas. That I, I think it's and, and its location couldn't be better if it's not going to have food, but it's right next to the Wahlburgers. I know, right? Come on. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect. I know. I wonder That's if Wahlburgers will deliver next door. <laughs> They're delivering to the fucking honky tonk bar upstairs. I don't see why not. 
Well, don't they still own that? No. Oh. Remember that that cowboy fucking juke joint? Oh, I don't know if you call those juke joints. Whatever. They have a honky-tonk karaoke bar or some shit uh, that, that's going to be on top of Wahlburgers. They're not going to have any food, so Wahlburgers like, we'll deliver. Oh, yeah. I was like, good for nice. you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll be like, I'll be over at bar. Bring me my Wahlburger. Right. <laughs> and don't f- let it fall on the floor, burger. All right. So, <laughs> we, I know. They don't, they don't always work, folks. They don't always work. <laughs> So we've got the billion-dollar babies. MGM CEO and head of creative meh in Vegas, Jim Murin, is still stinging from Sheldon Adelson's latest manzi, possibly the largest in recorded history. After securing the city's first professional sports franchise in a privately funded arena, he had exactly zero seconds to enjoy being the city's hero because Vegas' attention had already moved on to the dream any major city in the United States has, getting an NFL team. To add salt to that open wound, the stadium that would be home to that franchise will be partially funded by taxpayer dollars, something that an arena plan could not get. So he did what he always does, came up with a completely uninspired idea, go after an NBA team, something that they've been trying to do for 20 fucking years. Now, to be clear, he said not an expansion team, but relocating a team to the city from or within the next five years. There's only a few problems with that plan, though. First, there are no teams that want to leave their, their markets right now. The only two that were in danger of leaving a few years ago have both secured new stadiums and signed long-term leases with their current cities. Also, similar to what happened to the city of Cleveland, when new owners moved the Seattle Supersonics to Oklahoma and became the Thunder, the NBA promised Seattle that they would be the next city to get a team as well as keep the name and the history of the franchise. FYI, those of you who are big NBA fans, I know the specifics of the whole history thing is far more complex than I'm stating here, but you get what I mean. Now, what is unique to Seattle's situation is the league told them that they would be the next to get a team, regardless if it's expansion or relocation. And just this week, a billionaire investor informed the city that he will privately fund the construction of a new arena in Seattle. The only thing the NBA required to be constructed before getting said franchise. But it gets worse. Regarded by many as cynical thinking, when Sheldon Adelson came to the city with a plan to build a stadium with the help of public funding so he can help relocate the Raiders to Las Vegas, Some claimed Sheldon's motivation was less about all the things he said it would do for the city and more about cock-blocking the biggest convention competition, the Las Vegas Convention Center, and their planned expansion, partially funded by the public, to move up to the Strip in the space formerly home to Riviera. However, concern that only one project could get access to public funding was based on an assumption, one that was put to rest when Governor Sandoval signed into law a bill giving them both the financial support they asked for. Then something happened that gave validity to Sheldon having questionable motives. Not even a week after the bill was signed, giving both parties funding, Sheldon told the media he isn't happy with the Raiders and is prepared to walk away from the deal. He claims the Raiders are asking for too much and will pull his support for team relocation if the the terms offered by the organization don't improve. When asked to elaborate on specifics, Adelson's representatives would not. What adds even more suspicion to this situation is that the Davis family, owners of the Raiders franchise for its entire existence, have been known as being some of the most difficult owners to work with 
in professional sports history. In fact, if the move does happen, it will be the second time they've left the city of Oakland for greener pastures. The other time was a move to L.A. for 12 years in the 80s and early 90s, only to return to Oakland in 95. When the two initially announced they were working together, the partnering seemed about as much of an odd couple as you could get. But since there was absolutely no reports of anything resembling a disagreement, many considered that this was simply how Adelson wanted to make his mark on the city and cement his name in the history books, since Sheldon is now 83, and many of Vegas owners have done lots of things and you kind of forget about them, except for guys like me going, hey, do you guys remember Bill Bennett? Like, no. Like, let me tell you about Bill Bennett. <laughs> However, after his actions this week, it's tough to not question Adelson's motivation. If all the studies he shared showed that a stadium would be successful, even without an NFL franchise in it, why wouldn't he simply walk away from the Raiders deal and, morph and move forward with the stadium? Also, if this was truly something that the city absolutely needed, why did the board of directors tell Adelson at the Las Vegas Sands that they would improve investment in the stadium, forcing Adelson to then pledge to then pledge the $650 million that was needed up from his own personal account? Is it because the Sands board realized that Sheldon wanted to invest $650 million to prevent Las Vegas Convention Center from expanding? That's going to have to be up to you to decide because on council's advice, my opinion cannot be shared with you because Adelson is very litigious. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Being the non-sports ball guy, let me throw my two cents in, and then I'll let you two bandy about this ball like a couple of kittens. I don't understand I love him. I love if him. you if you if it's noted that the Davis family can be incredibly difficult to 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 work with, and you started the whole conversation off with Adelson's not happy with the the negotiations that are going on between himself and the Raider owners. Why, what is the concern? Do we know for a fact that he's not interested in attempting a different sports ball team to come in and, and be their, their home team? Well, let, let me answer this one. Cause I think Mark wants to jump on it, but no, that's exactly the concern. So Adelson was pointing to all of these studies and facts and, and things that said you know, a stadium would benefit the city regardless of whether or not you had a pro team in it. And so now, because he's saying, well, the Davises are difficult, I'm just going to walk away from the entire project. Yeah, I don't want to build the stadium at all. I don't want to have anything to do exactly. with it. That's where it sounds like, oh, he really was just trying to prevent the Las Vegas Convention Center from getting public money. And now they did. He's like, well, fuck it. I don't want to spend my money either. And yeah. that's why he wants to back away. Because if otherwise, to your point, he would have said, you know what, build the stadium, we'll get somebody else. Yeah. And that's not what he's doing. Well, and he won't even elaborate. Like he says, they're asking for too much. Like, what are they asking for? He won't tell anybody. And and the Davis family, the Raiders aren't saying anything. This kind of came out of fucking nowhere. That all of a sudden they're just they're just asking for for too much. Like, what what, what are they asking for? It's just too much. Just too much. They they need to improve. Like, well, what is it that you want them to improve? It just needs to be better. Like. What the fuck is going on here? He's a cranky old man who changed his mind. In Karen's opinion, in Karen's opinion, he's a cranky old man. <laughs> Just so you know who to name as a defendant. No, 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 no. That's her opinion. You can't sue someone for their opinion. You can't sue me for my opinion. I'm allowed to have well, one. Shh, shh, Tony, Tony. 
I'm sure his lawyers know that's, that. Shut up. That's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> that's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> I'm going to say, if he fucking still sues her in a bankruptcy, that's still me, all right? It doesn't really matter. <laughs> If well, you take her down, you take me with you. Right? <laughs> so we'll be coming to live with uh, Uncle Tony and Aunt Jack. I know, right? <laughs> Yay! Well, welcome to the 380 Actually, he probably would have owned the name at that point, so I, I wouldn't be able to do that. Hope you guys can embrace Pantless Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, in our room. <laughs> well, all right, then. I guess that's probably going to do it for the news. Let's move into prop bets. For those of you unfamiliar, Prop Bets is an extension of the news, but with just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. First up, Vital Vegas reports that Excalibur has removed the Dick's Last Resort signage in one of the castle's turrets at the front of the property in favor of a simple backdrop, similar to the one used when Merlin used to appear there when the property had a free live show. Hooray! I wish I could have seen that. I mean, I've seen it on YouTube, but... And it, and it was horrible, to be fair. You know, it, it was... It was kind of like what was it what was the movie was it the nerds where they had like a, a like on the front of a car they just had what looked like could have been yeah no 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 you know what it reminds me of um dr no dr no that's what i was thinking of uh dr no uh, james bond when they were like there's a dragon on the uh, uh you know on the island and it was literally just a car that had uh some faux like drawing of a shark and then it, it had a flamethrower on the front of it that's kind of basically what they had to like just threw it on a boat okay that's lame but i would have seen it'd be cute <laughs> Sorry. Nevada Gaming has approved a bar top video version of Craps. However, there are currently no properties in the tourist corridor with plans to add the gaming option at this time. I've never understood non-actual Craps. Yeah. Because, like, that's all the fun is rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, absolutely. Even if you're... Maybe you're not familiar with craps. Maybe you're a little intimidated at the thought of walking up to an actual table and picking up the dice and throwing them down to the other end of the table. You've still at least got that, um, whatever that, the, what looks like one of the pop-up oh, games right, remember that. when you were a kid. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. It's the same thing that they, how, when they came up with the, uh, the video version of Blackjack. It still kind of emulates uh, uh, the, the environment. Right. The ex yeah. Exactly. The experience to just have a... To have a, an iPod sitting in or an iPad sitting in front of you, and it's like, oh, I, I can gamble on this. And you, you, Great! You touch the button, and you're like, going, and here's what you threw. Like, hey, that's what I threw. Yeah, yeah. In fucking epic news, Melts Vegas is reporting that Four Queens has added phone charging stations at every seat at their table games, as well as craps tables. Hmm. All right, so I, I seem can I, I seem far more enthusiastic than the two of you about that. Can I PP all over your good time? Why not? <laughs> if you've ever been in any casino where you get your phone out and they lose their ever-loving mind, to me this seems like a terrible idea. Well, back up. I think it's a wonderful idea. I don't know what sort of um, since we're going with bond references, where we're going to have a dealer that's like, you know. Put that phone away, Mr. Bond. You know. Okay, that was that was. Bad. I was that gonna was say, what movie was that from? <laughs> I'm See, sure every movie that has a villain in it. You have to believe if they're gonna allow you to charge, you know, to, to plug in your phone, that it, it also means that they're making a move to understand like this isn't people aren't cheating you with their phones anymore. They're just obsessed with their fucking phones. You, you know? would think, but I I I will reserve my excitement over this until I see how it's actually implemented. Right, this is fair. great. This is absolutely great, but I'm remarkably skeptical. All right, it's fair. 
shocking to absolutely no one with any knowledge of the project in the last 20 years. The recent developer that announced publicly that they had plans to rebuild the Moulin Rouge has backed out of the project, citing blah, blah, marketing speak bullshit. It's never going to happen, yeah. sort of. Ever. It, it will never. I'm going to just call it. They will never rebuild the Moulin Rouge, especially on, on that. I mean, they may put it somewhere else, but it'll never be on that on that lot, ever. And do you know where? So I saw the same article that you were referencing, and I really love that the RJ had almost a a map within the article that when you clicked on it, it took you to a, a map quest, yeah, yeah. map of Vegas. And for the folks at home, because I didn't know where the Moulin Rouge was located, it is, if you're, all right, so, all right, kids at home, if you know where the, you're walking down, you go past a plaza, you're going towards Main Street Station, you go just past Main Street Station and at that next intersection, you turn left and you take it down past where the highway is and that's where it sits. Yep. So it's a great opportunity. You could Uber it for probably four or five bucks or during the daytime you might even walk it. Yeah, you know, maybe. Right. I think it's I it would be cool. It would be cool to see the Moulin Rouge get rebuilt, but I don't know if it's in a viable location. Yep. But Red Rock and Green uh, Green Valley Ranch seem to be doing just fine. So Yeah. Looking for more ways to own the United States, now Cosmopolitan owners and super investment group Blackstone sold 25% interest in Hilton Hotels to a Chinese investment group for $6.5 billion. Blackstone is still very much majority owners of the Hilton and simply consider the deal as an intelligent financial decision for the investment group. Following up on last week's inquiry, based on square feet and selling prices of the two malls sold in Vegas this year for $1.1 billion, the Miracle Mile shops at Planet Hollywood are more valuable than the Crystals at City Center. Miracle Mile is 475,000 square feet and the Crystals is 500,000, so that means uh, the Miracle Mile sold for 2,316 per square foot as opposed to 2,200. Suck it, Crystals. That's interesting. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very interesting. <laughs> well, I guess that's going to do it for news and prop bets. And frankly, that's going to do it for this week's show. Yeah, I was out of town, so I, I put this together because it's, you know, I, I love doing this, man. It's fucking fun. But it was the news I was paying attention to, and then I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot about all that other stuff. I'm not working on it now. <laughs> That's going to do it for episode 216. Thank you all for listening and downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so by going to the blog, which is 360vegaspodcast.com. You can support the show via purchasing things from our affiliates like Amazon, Caesars Entertainment, tickets.accessvegas.com, Earth Limos, or just make a PayPal donation. Likewise, you can buy merchandise from our store, which is Zazzle.com slash 360Vegas. Of course, we do get a cut of those profits. Or you can help others find the show by reviewing us on iTunes. If you'd like to send us some feedback, written or audio, you can do so at 360Vegaspodcast at gmail.com. Tony, where can folks find you? I am over on Twitter. I am at 360 Vegas Tony. He's on the he's on the Twitter. On the Twitter. <laughs> I'm on the Twitter. <laughs> Where can they find you, Karen? Uh, well, I am also on the Twitter, and I am at Karen Mark. We are actually going to be away next week. Work continues to call in in our new career direction, so uh, you'll just get to enjoy a review. So, till then. Yeah.